welcome to the podcast, Your Turn Women, with your host, Melody Holman. In this podcast, we'll explore women's health with stories, interviews, and the cheers for when goals are achieved. But the best part of all will be for you, as a woman, to learn to say fuck off to everyone who tells you what you should do, and to say yes to taking back what you need to be at your optimum health. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Your Turn Women with your host, Melody Holman. Today, I don't, I know you probably don't care about my weather because I don't even know what day you're going to be listening to this, but it is so uncommon to have this much sun in Michigan in winter. It is so beautiful. I got the um, sun coming in at my back right now and it feels glorious. So hopefully that means today is going to be a marvelous day. So in my last episode, I talked to you about running my marathon and how my mind was still sort of a kind of a freak show. I still a lot of thoughts that I would go back to back and forth and talking to other women or other runners just in general, a lot of running is mental. And I've learned this through my own, but sometimes we have such a great ability to keep control of it. And other times it seems to get away from us. And you'll hear that if you listen to the marathon part. For me, I sometimes did such a great job and sometimes not such a good job. And what I didn't know was the runner's high wasn't enough until I felt something bigger than the runner's high. And now with the marathon over and my friends sort of going in their own direction, I had a whole summer So the marathon was in May. It was actually on Mother's Day that year. And I wasn't sure what to do next. My friends were looking to do other things. Dawn was still looking to be a workout partner for me. But in the summer, it was a bit trickier, right? Everybody's kids are home for the summer. For me, a lot of times I would go to the Y by myself because my kids were little and, um, And they went with me every day anyway. So in the summer, it was really no different. So I just kind of kept going. But during all of that, I really began focusing on what was that feeling I had that time? That's sort of how I kept referring back to it was, what was that feeling? And I really want that feeling. And what was it? I had a lot going on in my life. During that time, my dad had passed away when I was pregnant with my middle son, Pryor. Um, My dad passed away in June. Pryor was born in July. And I, of course, had another pregnancy, which is Walter. And my mom had been staying with us off and on during this time, trying to recover from my dad's passing and all that that entails. If you have a loved one that has passed, you know that that experience can be so overwhelming is, I guess, the only word that you can use, right? Like it just is all encompassing and overwhelming. And even though it was my dad and I loved him, it's different when you're the spouse of someone who passes. My mom took it, you know, as many women and men do so, so hard and keeping up with life was a bit of a challenge. And so I was sort of trying to go behind or between being a mom to my boys 
My Walter was um this my Walter was born in 2009 and now it is in the spring of 2011. My older kids were on their own sort of journeys. They were teenagers and, you know, doing all of the things that teenagers do. At this point, Jimmy had sort of reclaimed his own health and he was now really moving in the world of triathlons and triathletes and we had joined a club in our community specifically for triathletes, age groupers, they call us, if you don't know anything about it. And um, and I just knew that this was great and I was going to keep this up. And I felt something that was more. So during throughout all of this time, I had been seeing, I actually got this therapist for my mother thinking that it would help her get through the grief of my dad's passing. And it ended up that I found my therapist. And I would go in and week after week after week, I would complain about my life and complain. And like I said, I was happier than I had been in years. I felt so great. My body was awesome. I was so strong. I could do anything you asked me to do. I mean, anything. Ask me to pick up the TV. I would. Ask me to pick up the bed. I'd pick it up. Like, I could have picked up a car. I could have done anything. I was so, I felt so capable and so strong. And I felt like I was still so miserable. I I was going to the doctor. I remember, I don't know if I shared this part or not, but going to the doctor and saying, I want to be put on an antidepressant. I, years ago, I'd had a back issue and I received Vicodin. And after I had the C-section for my son prior, I had the opioid Percocet. Well, that was way better than Vicodin. I was, I had leftover drugs. I'm not even going to lie. I had leftover drugs and I was taking them. And um, when I felt like I just couldn't get through the day. And it seems crazy because there were so many parts of me that felt better than ever. And there was still this part of me that was in such a deep state of misery. And I would go, like I said, week after week. Sometimes I'd go a few times a week. Poor Dr. Townsend probably thought my guy. Well, you know what? He was a therapist. He did what he did, right? And I did what I did. And all I knew to do was to be miserable and to bitch and moan and complain and cry. And I was such a blamer. It was everybody else's fault. My husband and I were in the middle of a financial struggle that um, I blamed on the economy and I blamed on my ex-husband. And I, I just, I could not take responsibility because it was too overwhelming. I had too many fucking problems to bear. I just, I couldn't do it. And so, you know, therapy is supposed to help. So you go often, right? Go often, complain loud, cry a lot. And I don't know at one, why at one point he said, Mel, (laughs) you willing to read something? I think it was because, actually, now that I think about it, I think it was because I kept saying, I want that feeling. That's what it was. I kept saying, I want that feeling to come back. I want that feeling to come back. It's something about that feeling. It was so incredible. It was so amazing. I want that feeling back. And um, he advised me, just keep asking. 
asking who it wasn't to who it was just kind of keep asking I I guess at that point I thought maybe it would come to me what that feeling was and how to claim it and claim it for longer because that was not near long enough I wanted it forever and so I did I kept asking and then I remember the day that he said and listen friends this is gonna get weird and I you know I know what it sounds like And I'm committed to sharing my truth with you. And I know what this is going to sound like. So, you know, again, listen on or don't. You do you. And try not to judge too harshly. Because this was my experience. So Dr. Townsend said to me, Mel, have you ever heard of the book, The Secret? No, never heard of it. I don't know what it is. You like to read? I love to read. Why don't you read the book, The Secret? Just pick it up at the library and read it. Well, I can't go to the library because I forget to return books and then I never want to go back because I lost the book and I don't want to buy the book. So the library and I are not best friends. So I went to the Barnes and Noble. I went and I bought the book, The Secret. And I read it. If my memory serves me correctly, I read the whole book that day. And in that book, it's basically a book about the law of attraction. It talks about how we bring experiences into our life. Right, wrong, good, bad, doesn't matter how we bring them in. It sort of gives us this very overview. It's like an umbrella of... Another way of looking at the universe. So a little about my background. I was raised as a Christian in a Pentecostal church. And I'm not judging it. It was what I was raised in. And we believed in the Holy Ghost. And we believed in hell. And we believed that God, vengeance is, I mean, I could repeat, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance, right? I grew up with The idea of a God that is going to send you to hell if you're naughty. And that was my belief. I stayed away from religion. Religion was like um, salt in an open wound to me. It was, religion was awful. I had no desire to be a part of any religion. I had discounted God or whatever the variation thereof was. And I, I was not going back. And this book was like another way to look at something that felt true to me. There wasn't this angry God passing judgment. Instead, there was this divine energy that created everything. And we're a part of it. And we never die. There is no death. There's only moving on into a different plane of existence. And I am going to tell you that book, I felt like, imagine sitting in a rocker recliner and you're sitting there peacefully rocking and then someone comes and pushes you on the forehead and sends you completely toppling over. That was what it was like for me. It was like, All of a sudden, there was a crack 
in the door and the light spilled in and I was broke open. And when I say broke open, I mean I shifted from darkness to light, from from not knowing to knowing, from having a sense of this little bitty self that I am to seeing myself as one with every other existence ever. Not just in my family, not just in this world, but ever. I saw myself as I truly am, which is God, which is source, which is the universe, which is the divine, which is the Holy Mother, whatever you want to call it. All of a sudden, I was connected to it. And not only was I connected to it, I was it. That feeling I had on that run over flooded me with understanding and love and knowing and the true essence of my beingness. Like, like I couldn't even look outside. I know it sounds crazy, but looking outside was like when you shine, you take a magnifying glass with the sun and shine it on a leaf. That fire was all I could see. And that fire was love. And it was so bright. It was overpowering. I could no longer see negativity. It was like it had been washed away. Like I I said, I was raised Pentecostal, right? And so we believed in baptism and receiving of the Holy Spirit which is speaking in tongues. That's their religious belief, or at least that's the one I was raised in. That was our religious belief. My mom grew up speaking in tongues. She was just here the other day and she spoke in tongues like all the time, which is what they believe is showing you spirit. For me, it was like, it was like I knew who I was. I knew what I was and I was not little Mel. That's what I termed her. There's Big Mel, which is all of the universe, which is all of creation, which is God or spirit or the holiness. There's Big Mel. That's what I called Big Mel. And then there was Little Mel. And I no longer felt the insecurities and the fears of Little Mel. All I felt was this greatness, this this acceptance of that everything I'd ever done or been through or felt was perfect. It wasn't pain. It was an experience for me to go through to be who I am now. And it was this experience that I had lasted months. It lasted, actually, in truth, it lasted years. But the intensity of it lasted months. I couldn't, I could no longer sleep. I was in such a state of joy. I I couldn't sleep. I would be, I was awake for days. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't handle the mundane of life. I couldn't handle doing the dishes. <laughs> I could hardly handle taking care of my family. It was, it, it was 
It was out of this world. And I knew nothing mattered more than knowing who I was and, and, and telling my children who they were and who we are and how this works. I had never meditated a day in my life and I began meditating for hours at a time. It's so funny. I remember I used to meditate in our upstairs bathroom. So we had a four-story A-frame and I would meditate upstairs in mine and Jimmy's bathroom because it was the only place in the house that people wouldn't, well, they did bother me, but they'd have to get the door unlocked to bother me and I would lock the door and I would be in there and I remember hearing the kids yelling, mama, mama, and Jimmy saying, stop that right now, your mother's meditating, (laughs) and I would be, I would hide in the bathroom, it was like I couldn't do anything other than be with myself and spirit, I, I saw my future, I had, like you talk about people would have visions, I had visions of my future, I know, I knew that I was meant to do great things, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how that meant. I knew I didn't know anything. All I knew for sure was that I was what created the heavens and the earth. I was a part of that. And every experience that I had brought me to this point. That was all I knew. Well, that and... I knew that there was something in me I was meant to do. So now I felt that love. I felt it every day, all day long. And I would say, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a rapid, I'm on a, uh, I'm on the rapids, like the raging river is what I would call it. Oh, I'm on a raging river. And Dr. Townsend used to say, you know, you could be on a lazy river. I'm not on a lazy river. I'm on a, I'm on a rapids. I'm on the rapids. I'm on a raging river. My shit goes fast. I go fast. And if, and if you've ever looked at the law of attraction, you know that there's like, you can speed it up and you can slow it down. And here's what happens. Attract, you're attracting, you are your energy. And so you're attracting, right? Now, if you've been negative and feeling negative things, you're going to experience these negative experiences. They just, you get what you give. You get what you give and what you're giving is your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings and you're receiving experiences back that make that feeling, thought, or emotion a reality. So for instance, say you're thinking, you know, like I was that I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Nobody, you know, I don't, I'm not worthy to do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Well, what you're attracting is more experiences that keep that in your vibration. So you're just going to keep getting more experiences that prove to you that no, you're actually not worthy. And no, you really aren't good enough. And no. Well, when you have a switch in the way that I did, which is what Dr. Townsend was trying to sort of help me sort out, is your feelings from before that moment are still like... Like they're still sort of in your vibration. So I was getting ramroded with one thing after another. And they were coming at me like wildfire. Like um, we were in the financial downturn. And I had been really afraid we're going to lose our house. And I had been afraid, 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 afraid. Well, I'm telling you right now, I hit that spiritual awakening. And all of a sudden, I was on a wild, rapid river. And that shit is coming hard and fast. You think I didn't have money before. All of a sudden, I'm broker than I was ever broke. 
I never was going to have enough. Uh, we were losing the house faster. All of a sudden, we got a note from the bank to say that we're going to sell your house on a short sale and you've got to get out. And I was like, what in the absolute fuck? Are you kidding? Our house was sold in like what felt like minutes. I mean, I know it wasn't minutes, but it was coming at me so fast. Um, Troubles with, with my family coming at me fast. All of those things, you're attracting them, whether you realize it or not. And because I had found spirit and I recognized who I was, I couldn't give a shit less. I didn't care. I didn't care that my relationship with my family was uh, like an atomic bomb that just blew up. I didn't care that we were, my family and I with five children and my husband who had a really good job as an engineer, we're going to be homeless. I could care less. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it other than I did not care at all about anything because I knew who I was. Everything will be fine. Jimmy's like, Mel, we got to figure this out. Ah, we'll be fine. Mel, we can't go through life like that. We can't just keep saying we're going to be fine. Nah, we're going to be fine. Mel, we've got to do something about this. Nah, we're going to be fine. My father-in-law, I remember one time said, hey, Mel, I think I can get you a job at the school I work, the school he works at. No, we'll be fine. I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm meant to do. Jimmy had said, Mel, what are you meant to do? I don't know. It'll come to me. It doesn't work that way. No, it does. I would walk around the house and this was going on for months. This happened in the summer of 2000 and um what was it 2011 this was the summer of 2011 and um so this was going on for this was going on for months I was like Jimmy's like we're gonna lose the house nah we'll be fine Mel we're gonna lose house I don't care you can't not care no I don't care we'll be fine spirit's got a bigger plan I got a bigger like purpose life purpose it's gonna be fine and all I did was I tended to the kid. I did the bare minimum. I tended to the kids and I daydreamed. I thought about what am I? Who am I? What am I here for? What am I meant to do? And I would just walk around the house acting like a crazy ass person for real crazy as fuck. Hardly left the house ever anymore. My fitness, none of that didn't matter. None of that mattered. I didn't care. Who cares if you're fit when you find out that you're God? Like for like, this is literally how crazy I was. I was so knocked up insane that my therapist was going on vacation. He went every few years to India and he, he made sure that another therapist he knew was on call for me because I was so crazy. I watched this movie one time. I can't remember. And all of a sudden, and it was a, it was a metaphysical movie. All of a sudden I was all about meta, meta, uh, metaphysics. And understanding that you don't even see what you think you see. You only see what you know. You don't even actually see what you're seeing. You just see what you think is there. It was it was like, I know I sound like a crazy person right now. And you're listening to this thinking you've lost your mind. And I actually, everyone around me thought I lost my mind. Except me and my therapist. And Jimmy started coming with me to therapy. And he would say, Dr. Townsend, what do I do? And Dr. Townsend would say, just ride the wave with her. She'll be okay. Yeah, but Dr. Townsend, she'll be okay. She'll get through it. You'll get through it. It'll be all right. And during this time, all I was doing was happy. I was singing constantly. I was meditating all day long. I wasn't sleeping much at all because I discovered that when you're in that state, sleep is unnecessary. Or at least that's what I thought. That's what I felt like. Um, 
And I was asking, what am I meant to do? What am I here to do? I'm, I'm an open vessel. I'm willing to be guided, whatever that looks like. I don't even care anymore. I don't even know. I didn't know. And I started having these, in my meditations, I began to see things that were sort of coming true. Like I saw a Jeep pulling in my driveway and um, I was so excited about whoever it was that was coming. And I didn't think about it again, but a week or so later, I remember here comes, I, I was, I'm good friends with my ex-mother-in-law, which I know sounds crazy, but I love her to death. Jan pulls up in my driveway, driving a new Jeep. And I was so excited to see her. And it was just, it was like, you ever feel like you've got deja vu? You've done that before. Well, that's what that was. So I watched her drive in my driveway in the same way that it was in my, when I was in a meditation in the scene of a meditation. And there were other experiences that just were coming true, just weird things with the kids and weird experiences. Like for instance, one of my boys needed a bus. I know that this sounds crazy, but Clarkie had started. So this had to be fall because Clarkie had started a preschool and he needed a bus, like a little yellow school bus. It didn't matter what size or what kind, just a bus. And we didn't have any buses in my um, like matchbox cars, you know what I'm talking about? And I couldn't find any at the store. And um, my mother-in-law, my husband's mom came over. She'd been on a trip and she had found this bus and thought the kids would like a bus. Unexpectedly, she didn't know I'd been looking for a bus. Oh, that's interesting. Another time I wanted to vacuum out my van. I just had this impulse to vacuum my van. And I had learned throughout this series of this experiences, follow your instincts. Whatever you feel like, just go do it. Just go follow your feelings. Just follow those impulses. Just follow them. They'll lead you to something interesting or extraordinary or odd, just odd, but good. And I had this impulse to clean out my van and I didn't have any quarters to go take it to the, to the cleaner, you know, to the car wash. I didn't have any quarters, but I just kept feeling like you got to clean out the van. You got to clean out the van. I was like, oh, all right. I go outside. I get the vacuum out there. I plug in the extension cord, which if you know me, Mel does not do this. Cleaning out the van and there in the very back cup holder is a cup holder full, heaping full of quarters, which I know hadn't been there. I, I don't know how they got there. I mean, I know how they got there. I mean, I know that spirit got them there, but I don't know how they got there. Like, I don't know how that shit works, right? So just really weird things were happening like that, that were just sort of out of this world. And I discovered through this that I no longer felt fear. I no longer worried about unworthiness. No longer did I have any what you would term negative feelings inside of me. I just didn't have any. I knew who I was and I knew I was meant to do something. So again, I'm just asking, asking. And it just so happens my friend, Annie, um, I told, she knew what was going on because I talked to her on the regular. And 
I said, you got to read this book. You just got to read this book. And she ended up reading the book and she had her own spiritual awakening. And so we would be on the phone for hours talking about um, what we'd manifested. That was our word, right? What we had manifested. We would decide that we wanted something and then and interesting things would occur and we would get those things. Or um, we would want a specific feeling and circumstances would happen that we would end up having this feeling. And I would drive to her place in St. Joe so often because she was the only one that understood what I was going through other than Dr. Townsend. And I don't know that Dr. Townsend had gone through what I had gone through, but he was at least willing to listen to me. And I was still going to him, you know, a couple times a week because I was certifiable. If I had any other husband, I probably would have been instituted. So it was one of those things where, so all this time, my kids, right? So I've got two kids that are teenagers who they also think I'm certifiable, which, you know, I was. And, um, and Annie. And so one day it came to me, you're going to support you're going to start supporting other women. And and if you knew me back then, you would know I didn't even like women. But I had come to this place of such knowing that spirit had my back that I was willing to say, okay, I don't know what that means, but you're going to start supporting other women. And I was like, oh, cool. I wonder how I'm going to do that. And that was how it went. I had no idea. I, 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 I just knew that if spirit said something to me that I was to listen. So I said, all right, well, bring me the experiences and I'll follow. And all of a sudden, it hit me, I had been asked to give a talk at the Y to a group who had, um, for a weight loss class, right? So I had lost that 98 pounds, and I had been asked to give a talk. So I was like, oh, well, maybe this is it. Huh, that's interesting. So I go, and I give this talk, and at the, at the I don't know if it was the end of the talk, I had a few people ask for my Facebook or whatever, right? Like how to get in contact with you. And it sort of started to happen organically. Like I got an email from a lady who was like, wow, I was really inspired by your story. You know, what do you think I should do next? Or I can't really remember the email, but it was something like that. And then another time I got another message on Facebook that said, hey, you know, I really was inspired by your story. Would you be interested in having coffee? I was like, oh, well, look at this. So without me even knowing that this is what it was doing, Spirit was bringing these people to me for me to support. And that's what they told me I was going to do. I was going to be supporting women. I was like, and so I did what they told me to do. I just would contact them or check in on them. And then one day, Ken from the Y asked if um, I would be interested in giving another talk. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. To a group of ladies who were looking to, I can't remember now if they were looking to lose weight or if they were looking to be runners. Ken was a run coach. It doesn't matter. Oh, all right. And then later, I'd gotten emails from a few of them. So, so this thing sort of started happening beyond me. And what I had discovered was, and one of the things I decided I was and wanted to become was a giver. And I would walk around saying, oh, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. And Jimmy used to say, I don't know what you're giving, but like, we're literally losing our house. So you better not be giving it money wise. 
yeah, no, that's fine. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Don't worry about it. I'm a giver. I wonder how I'm going to be a giver. wonder what I'm going to give. wonder how that's going to work out. And I was. I was becoming a giver to these women. Finally, when it clicked, I had seen in a meditation a line of women sitting on chairs with green shirts on and um I didn't know what it meant until then and I knew what my purpose was my purpose was to to support women on this weight loss journey and somehow or another I was going to be giving them my services now I did not have a degree I did not have any educational background I had uh, I mean Okay, I went to school, right, to be an accountant, not to be to school to be a fitness professional or a dietitian. But it was like I just knew. I just I just knew. I knew. I knew and I used to say I know it like I know it like I know it like I know it. I know what I'm meant to do. I know what I'm meant to do. I know the reason why I've been on the road I've been on was that I am going to be supporting these women. I didn't, I didn't, at that yet, still really wasn't clear on how. I just knew that this is what I was going to be doing. So one day I'm downstairs in the la 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 at the Y and I say to my friend Dawn, it is now fall. The kids are back in school, I know. And I said, Dawn, I think this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm meant to, you know, lead women to to some sort of fitness. And, you know, here we'd been friends now for since 2009. And um, she's and I said, but I don't have any education. Like, I don't have any background, but I just feel like this is what I'm meant to do. And she said, Mel, I'm a physical therapist. I'll do it. Let's do it together. I in in those years that we had known each other, which I know was only a few. I had no idea since she was a physical therapist. I had no clue. I had, I'd never asked what she did. She didn't work outside of the home at this point. I had no idea what she did. And I was like, oh my God, of course, of course. And so we teamed up, we teamed up and started thinking about what could this look like and how can this be? And I would go home and I would ask spirit, all right, what's next? Bring next, bring on next, bring it on, bring it on. I'm ready. I'm open. Bring it on. I know the feeling I want to feel. I'm confident that you've got my back. I will do anything that I'm directed to do. So bring it on. And spirit did. They brought it on like gangbusters. Even though I fumbled and I stumbled so often over the course of the the next year when we got your turn started. Because you'll hear that story in my next podcast. But I didn't even know what your turn. It wasn't even your turn. All we knew was we were going to start supporting women to reach a health and wellness goal together. Because one thing that we discovered through our marathon training was if we hadn't had each other, neither one of us knew if we could have done it. I mean, I know physically we could have done it, but I don't, even though we had Borges Run Camp and that was such a great thing that we both used, we didn't know that we would have stuck to it if we hadn't had each other and the connections that we made through the why. We just, we just didn't, think that we would have. And so after the marathon was done, everyone 
went their separate ways, sort of, right? Like everyone sort of went back to doing what they had been doing before. Or like I said, one of them went back to school, another one went back to work. And so we just sort of felt like if we lead women and then more women come in, there will always be a similar goal. And then if we do this intentionally, then those women will always have someone to be there for them. And that was sort of what we thought could work. And so throughout all of this spiritual awakening, what I knew was I had gone through some really rough times in my life. I had made some really poor decisions. And what that ended up creating for me is instead of negative experiences, experiences that allowed me to show more empathy and compassion and understanding and and connectedness. You know, there's one thing to be told by someone that you should always be thin by someone who's always been thin. There's another thing. I even love the one guy who he decided he was a fitness trainer and he decided to get fat so that he could feel like what it felt like to get thin. I wanted to tell him, it's not the same, my friend. It's not the same. It's not the same. And one of the things I knew was through my experiences, I was going to be able to better connect with the women who were brought into my sphere, right? Into my network, into my life. And Dawn had the experience of being a physical therapist that allowed us to both feel like we could do it in confidence without, right? If people had physical um, things that they wanted to talk about, she had the educational background to go ahead and support them that way. And so all of a sudden, I knew what I was meant to do. I was confident in who I was. I no longer worried about this. I didn't, right? There's a book or there's something that says, don't sweat the small stuff. And to me, everything outside what source, the universe, God was asking me or telling me or directing me to do, everything other than that was the small stuff. Every single thing. I mean, during this time, my husband and I ended up having to move. We Our house was sold on a short sale and we ended up having to move into an apartment. We had so many difficulties with our teenagers um, because they're teenagers, right? And we moved from a rural community right into the, the, the city, if I can call it a city of Kalamazoo, which I know is not that big of a city, but it felt like it from where we were. And the experiences of that. And yet I knew what I, I knew that everything was going to be fine. And it was so frustrating for my husband at times because he wanted me to worry with him and I couldn't, I had no longer any ability to worry. I had no, I had no ability to, um, feel fear. None. Uh, We had a, we had a really awful experience with one of our kids and, and he was like, this is the time you're supposed to be afraid. And I was like, I'm not afraid. There's no fear. There's no, there's no death. There's no end. We all, we're all just here rotating in different bodies. That's all we're doing. All we are is spirit coming through your body and my body and their body. I'm like, there is no fear because them and me, we're the same. We're one. 
We are the same. We are all spirit inside different costumes. That's all we are. And I knew it and I was confident of it. And I had no feelings of distrust or whatever is meant to happen for an experience for us to have that we are calling to ourselves through the law of attraction is what's going to happen. Now, we may not like the outcome. That's honest. There was a lot of outcomes that I did not like. Losing that house was an outcome I did not like. Going through the experiences I had with my family, I did not like, but I always had faith. I finally understood when people who are very spiritual would say, I have faith. I finally knew what that was. And it wasn't like faith from from church. It was like faith from God. I know who I am and I am confident in that being. And I know who you are. And I know that we all have choices. We all choose whether we know it or we don't. The experiences that you're having are experiences that you're having because some way, shape, or form you've called them to you, even if you don't like them. And I know people would say, well, I didn't call that bad experience to me. And I want to say, even if you don't know it, even if on a subconscious level, you're, 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 it's there. If you're experiencing it, it's there. And, and all that you can do is change your mind, change your thoughts, change your feelings. And, and, and very soon your life will begin to change. Now, again, it doesn't mean you're going to always like those changes. I'm not even saying that they're all changes that are going to be, um, Great. I had a lot that weren't. I picked up a lot of beliefs that made this road that I traveled through my spiritual awakening much more challenging than it was necessary. And I finally came to the nonstop feeling of what I felt that day on that run. I finally knew that this feeling doesn't have to go away. And it was the greatest sense of comfort that I think anyone could ever experience or just for me that I had ever experienced or have since ever experienced. And I I sometimes lose my way. And throughout the years since this happened, I have lost my way on about 5,000 times. Because I'm human, and in my humanness, I get distracted. But what I do know is what Spirit brought me was this gift of your turn women. And it brought me to my life's purpose. It brought me to the knowing of what I'm meant to do. Even when I fail and even when I make a million mistakes... I know that this is where I'm meant to be without question and without a worry in the world. And, and, and sometimes I think you're not qualified. And then I think, who the fuck is that? That's crazy. I'm connected to the thing that makes all things. I'm completely qualified. And if I don't feel confident, there's people out there that do. And then we just bring them in. So throughout the course of your turn and where this podcast will be heading, That was how it, that was the feeling that I had and how it all began. And my next podcast that I share with you is going to be about the start of your turn and all of the rocky roads 
and I'm going to start introducing some of the women that have been an integral part of that process. So you can think I'm crazy and I know, I know I think sometimes I think, well, I don't think I'm crazy anymore, but I know what it sounds like. I sometimes keep this shit under my hat because I think, oh my God, people are going to think I'm a lunatic. You believe in that stuff? You believe in that metaphysical, we're all energy, we are all one bullshit? And I want to say, yeah, I feel it in my body. Every morning when I meditate, as I'm coming out of my meditation, I put my feeling self in my body and I can feel myself vibrate. I feel the vibration that I am. I know to this day the power that we each have, whether we recognize it and use it or not intentionally, it is what we are. And and your turn is birthed from that. Without that experience, your turn wouldn't have began. These women wouldn't have been supported. These Many of these women, sometimes I look at pictures and I think that was because of you, spirit, right? Like that. Those connections and those friendships are not about me. They are totally about what spirit was meant to do long before I came into the plan. If you heard that, that was my cat knocking over my stuff in the dining room. So on that note, I'm going to let you go for the day or the night. Maybe it's bedtime. Maybe you're driving. Whatever it is for you. I know that you will do you. And next time I'm going to share how your turn began. So I hope that you're willing to come back and give this crazy lady another shot. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.